return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Let's stand up just for a second and say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, James 3... We've just been talking on encouraging ourselves, and this is so important. James 3, remember, talks about just using your tongue, right? The tongue is little, but it boasts great things. And, and that boast can be good or bad, depending on what's coming out of your mouth. But we want it to be good, amen? As we, as we speak the praises of God, as we speak the word of God, we want those things to be good, one of the things people talk about, they talk about confessing the word, which is very important. But if you're in a battle, if you're in a battle and you can, you can say, speak Bible verses and so forth, and you can say prayers, but a lot of times in battles, we get tired. The enemy wants to wear us out with tiredness. One of the best things that I've found using my tongue is to sing praises. And that means it can be a song that you know. It can be a song maybe that the Spirit knows. So just for a minute, just, just for a minute, I want you to do something with me. I just want you to say, hallelujah. Just say it again, hallelujah. Just say, I'm going to praise you, Lord. Just say, I put my trust in you, Lord. You are my healer, Lord. You are my provider, O oh God. I put my trust in you. I thank you for the answers. And I give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah. So there's something about just starting to sing. Because singing refreshes your spirit. And, and when you get tired, you want to you wanna keep, keep, it's like gas in an engine or oil in an engine. You have to keep it going. Amen. And so singing is very, very good. Comes out of your lips and praises to God. So the, I, like Bible, I like Bible stories. So there's so many healings, miracles, things in the Bible that were just flat out amazing. Right? They weren't. They weren't like gas pain testimonies. These were like, I don't know, pain here, I feel better. No, these were amazing things that happened. And also the way that God dealt with people. So here's David. We're going to Samuel, the book of Samuel. And David is anointed by Samuel, the prophet. The oil, he's the eighth son, remember, to come and 
God anoints him. And, and then he comes. He's anointed of the Lord. He defeats Goliath. He plays skillfully the harp. And when something about when the harp, when he played the harp, the demons left. The, the devil doesn't like praise. The devil hates praise. When you start singing to Jesus, the devil, to the devil, it's like, no, no, don't do that. He hates that. Because it's contrary. It's light and darkness. Now, light and darkness don't mix. And so, so the light always pushes back the darkness. How many know that, right? So you can, never, you can never have, say, you never go outside at night with the flashlight and then the darkness quenches the flashlight. No, it's never that way. If you go out with a flashlight, the flashlight will always pierce the darkness. Always pushes back darkness. Light does that. So David now, because Saul got envious and so forth, uh, and began to attack David, threw a javelin at him, missed him, and David began to run for his life. So he's called of God. He's anointed of the Lord. He has been anointed with oil by Samuel the prophet. So, so here he's got, he's in, he's in the will of God, his life is, and yet he's being persecuted and running for his life. All right? So he finds himself, he goes to a place of a cave. And this is a big cave because in this cave are hundreds of people, all right? So, so uh, his brethren, his father's house. Now, when, when, sometimes when one person is persecuted, that extends to their family. So, so some of you understand this even overseas, things that have happened in other countries. They go after families and so forth. So David, his father's house, his family, they go down to him into the cave where he's at. And then it says others came also, people that were in distress, people that were in debt, people that were in discontented. So people that were very afraid, they were they, you know, very depressed, they were very discouraged, they had no money, they were in death, they faced a lot of stuff. And they gathered themselves unto David in the cave, and David became a captain over them. And there were about 400 men. Now it doesn't say how many women were there, but we know approximately there's, there's about 400 men. So a cave is a place. This isn't exactly the place where you think you're going to set up your, your king to be a kingdom and so forth. But it's cold, it's dark, it's discouraging. And all these people that come to David, so they're not encouraged. They're, coming, they're so to speak, coming through the church, church doors and they're down and they're in debt. You know, they don't have any money, anything like that. Very discouraged. So what's David going to do? Because David, you can have a pity party in life. You can think, well, I deserve better. You can think, uh, I should have more opportunities. You could think, I should have that job. You should think, I should be living here. You can think all kinds of things in life. But now David has, comes to a place where he's lost. He's lost everything. Now, even though he's, just, he's, a, he's a youngster, but because of his family also with him, they're lost. they lost it all. They're running for their lives. So David, in this point, at this place, has a choice. Now, if we read the Bible, we read the Bible, we say that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us, that God is for you, not against you. He's on your side. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So we can read the scriptures. You can know the scriptures mentally, but then you have to come to a place where you know the word in your heart. So somehow the word has to settle from your head to your heart. 
Somehow it has to get, because if it's in your heart, then it's going to start affecting your actions in a good way. If it's just in your head, it doesn't affect you. So David, David, now remember, how did he learn to play? Well, he's out watching the sheep. He's, he learned to play the harp. He learned to play the instruments. He learned to bless God out while he's all by himself, praising the Lord, took care of the lion, took care of the bear, took care of Goliath. So he learned to apply the word of God. And the word of God went from his head to his heart. So now he's, so to speak, in a pickle. And he's the leader of this group of 400 people that are not in good shape. And what's he going to do? What is he going to do in the midst of this situation? So let's go to Psalm 34. Now, we've talked about this before, but there's something about getting it into your heart. Now, when do you want to get things into your heart? You want this to happen before you're in a tough spot. So you start applying the word of God in your everyday life. Listen, if everyday circumstances get you down, you know you need to get before the Lord, okay? Because we're living, believe it or not, we're living in good times. We're living in good times. I know there's a pandemic. I know there's just things going on. But believe it or not, we're living in good times. Nobody is treated by their government as good as American citizens are. Nobody is. Nobody has it as well as American people do. We are very, very, very blessed people. And so we're living in good times. So if things get you down now, you know, boy, I got some work to do. I need to get into the gym. I need to get in the word and I need to apply things in my heart. So, so for David, David now sees doing these things. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. He's, he's had a commitment here that he's going to bless God at all times in all seasons. And his praise is going to continually be in his mouth. So he's kind of set a governor in his mouth that I'm only going to speak the praises of God. I'm only going to speak what God is doing and who God is. I'm not going to speak my circumstances. I'm not going to speak my trouble. Everybody watching me, everybody here listening, everybody faces trouble. Everybody faces difficulties. They really do. Different seasons, different times. But folks, we have, that's why we apply the word of God. Isn't that right? It's in India. We're praying for you. South India, praying for you. Another shutdown there, praying for you, just standing with you for God's grace. And in the middle of this, believing for many to come to Christ. So, so here's David. He finds himself. David has to encourage himself. Within the context of the cave of Adullam, David has to encourage himself. He has to speak praises. He has to speak out in his circumstance what God has. Because these other guys aren't going to do that, right? The people that are discouraged, the people that, when it says in debt, let's just say this. It wasn't like they owed a little bit. Obviously, they're really in debt, all right, right? Because they emphasize that. They're in debt. So they're, they're really in problems. And David, so he has to encourage himself. If he's the captain, he has to encourage himself. As a parent, you have to encourage yourself. If you're standing for your children, believing for your children, you have to encourage yourself. Let's go to another psalm just for a minute. Psalm 57. Psalm 57 is a, is a neat uh, verse. It says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is steadfast and confident. I will sing and make melody. So when he says his heart is fixed, it's like it's prepared, it's ready, 
It's steadfast for what's going to come. Now, David wrote a lot of the Psalms inspired by the Holy Spirit, but he says, my heart is fixed. You ever see a ball? We're in the baseball season right now. But if, if the pitcher is going to, if the pitcher is going to throw, he's throwing the pitch to the batter. What are the, what are the outfielders doing? What are the outfielders doing? You know, are they standing here like this, you know, looking around? What, what are they doing when the pitcher is going to throw the ball? He's winding up. He's throwing the ball. And they say, oh, that was good. That was a strike. That's great. Are they standing there like that? No, they're not standing there like that. They're positioning themselves for what's to come. So a, a fielder, infielder, outfielder gets down. You know, they got their glove and so forth. And they're ready. Say ready. ready. So they're fixed. They're prepared. They're prepared for the reaction. They're prepared for what comes their way. See, a lot of Christians, they're going through life, you know, they're just kind of flat-footed. And, so, and then something happens, it's, what just happened to me? You know, get all these crazy things that come out. We read something this week, I won't say a name. This, this national minister, unbelievable, unbelievable. So, you know, putting out there for all the world, and thousands, tens of thousands of people follow him, you know. God is in control and this pandemic is all of God. And it's just unbelievable what people will say. And people swallow it and it's like a poison pill. And so what happens? Life just runs over them. Life runs over them. Well, this is God, so I guess I'm going to suffer and I'm going to be sick and grandma died and this and that. Life just runs over them because it's all God. And that's totally the devil. Totally the devil. David knew he had an adversary. We know New Testament. Our adversary is who? The devil. Adversity comes from the adversary. It's just pathetic to me that you can have nationally known people that don't know their Bible, that are stuck in the Old Testament and leading people by the thousands down the wrong path. As a pastor, and I know the Holy Spirit is grieved. Wrong with a capital W with an exclamation point. I am not a respecter of persons. I am a respecter of the Word of God. That is where your trust must be. In Jesus Christ. Not in all this other stuff where people are saying things that are flat out wrong. That's why, folks, you've got to be in the Bible. If you're not in the Bible, you know what? You've got all kinds of things the devil will lead you down the wrong path. Well, God must want to just do this. Someone dies. Well, God must have wanted to bring him to heaven right now. All kinds of things. That are just wrong. When you know the truth, it does set you free. When you know the truth, life, you're like this. You're ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better be ready. You better be ready. I saw a ball game the other day. It was on closed caption TV with our grandson playing and so forth. And this one guy came down the court. He's wiggling the ball, this built and so forth. <laughs> It was great because my grandson, on his toes like this, faced him straight up and shut the guy, bigger, bigger than my grandson, and shut him down. Because why? He was ready. He was on his feet. Guy moved just like boom, boom, boom. Right there just with him. You don't have to be defeated. Amen. You can have your heart fixed. You can be ready, steadfast, confident, but you're going to sing and make melody. 
I tell you, there's something about there's something about being in the Word of God that is so good. Now let me just this I just got this open the book of Acts. This is not in the thing. There's no book of Acts a second. Find it in your Bible, book of Acts, right? Find a second, get it say amen. Find Acts chapter seven. Acts chapter seven. See, the devil wants to shut our mouths. And all the while, God wants our mouths open to give him praise. Right? I can't believe how many Christians are like this. Let's praise the Lord. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing coming out of their mouth. Folks, that's not praise. Let's have a song service. <laughs> and folks, that happens in this church. Let's worship the Lord. That's not worship. You know, you can come here. That's great. But that's not worship. Coming to this church doesn't make you anything other than what you participate. Amen? See, there's something about, you know, heaven is a loud place. Think about it. Think about, think about the millions and millions in heaven. Think about this. If there's joy in heaven when one sinner repents, right? Is that right? Okay, now think of this. Think worldwide, every second, every second, someone's getting saved. So it's just continuous. <laughs> Loud. It's not like, oh, one got saved 15 minutes ago. No, it's a worldwide thing. <laughs> Loud. Amen. Now, having a relationship with Christ is the key. That's believing in Jesus. That's, that's, he's the door to heaven. Amen? Amen? But in this life, you do want to walk in more victory. And I think the key in victory is that we're going to sing, we're going to make melody, we're going to give praise. It's got to come out of our lip. Right? Turn your neighbor and say, he doesn't want you to be silent. He doesn't want you to be silent. But I was just, I just, I just thought of this this morning, here in the service, in Acts 7, verse 60. Here's, here's when, when, uh, when uh, uh, Stephen's being martyred. And he kneels down, and notice what it says, Acts, Acts 7, verse 60. He cries with a loud voice. So everybody's going to hear him. Now, this is important because Saul of Tarsus is there. People, Saul hears this. This is a seed. This is a seed in Saul's life. It wasn't like he kneeled down. Okay, I'm ready to die. Lord, forgive him. Forgive him. Nobody hears him because they're all, ah, they're throwing stones and everything like that. No, no. He says louder than them. He says in a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Well, a loud voice. And then when he said that, he fell asleep. If, if, if we have a hard time with this, here's, here's one thing. When I got saved, I, I wasn't like this. I was a good Lutheran. I was quiet as I like a church mouse. We never said a thing. Never. If I, if I said, you know, not, not for the Lord, but if I was talking in church, my dad would whap me on my thigh and I'd go, it's like a silent scream. You know, because he wanted me to be quiet. And the most fun part about the service is when it was over. People got, got up, you know, got outside, lit up a cigarette and so forth, go to the ball game, get a beer, something like that. That was the most fun part of the time. So I get saved. I know nothing other than now I have a new relationship with Christ. Now I get in the Bible and I realize, wow, these the things the Lord wants us to do. 
Right? See, I knew sports, and people would be loud and excited and so forth in sports. I knew sports, playing at SCSU. That's, that was fun. But I'd see some of those same people in church, and they'd be just as quiet as ever. Not a peep. But on the Saturday, shouting and screaming. And What happened to their voice? It's a spiritual battle. The flesh and the spirit go against each other. It's not natural to be excited for Jesus. It's not natural to say hallelujah. But it is supernatural. Amen? I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to be excited for the Lord. So when we do that, something begins to happen. You have to find a place. I tell you, there's, you know, pride rises up in all of us. And it's like. I'm not going to do that. I've never done that and so forth. And, but when the first time I lifted my hands even, it's just like bowling balls. And then, you know, pushing them up, you know, and I wasn't a weak kid, but finally got them up in the air like they weighed, you know, 20 pounds on each hand. And then I put them down, looked to see if people were looking at me. They weren't, you know. And then the next time was easier. And the next time was easier. First time, say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. You know, but then you can say a little louder. A little louder. Amen. And give a shout, a shout to the Lord. Amen. See, if I'm at it, and I like games, so if I'm at a game, I'm going to shout, help, good play. And it's all right to do that in church. I'm just saying, it is. It's all right to do that in church. All right, say Hallelujah. So I say, thank you, Jesus. See, it's all right. Something releases it like it breaks. It breaks that pride down. Folks, pride will come on me and, and try to suppress the spirit man and keep me quiet and intimidate me and all those things. But you want to break the pride down. You're just, no, I'm not going to do that. We've often said, if we couldn't praise God in here, you'll never praise God out there. You can't. You have to be ready. Like the, the guy's ready. Here comes the pitch. Last night, we got a phone call. Difficult situation. Very difficult situation from out of state. The pastor and his wife. Life and death situation. Very hard. Very hard. Pain. Couldn't breathe. All the things. And we were, you know, we, we thought, well, we're just sitting in our chairs, kind of talking and so forth. And all of a sudden, we're in the game. Boom, here, here comes the play. I'm glad we were ready. It wasn't 30 seconds, and we were shouting in tongues, praying in tongues, praising God, speaking the word. As they were trying to breathe, hearing the gasp over the phone. And continuing to pray and continuing to speak and continuing to declare the good news and so forth. And then, and then after a period of time, breaking into song and so forth of praise and thanksgiving. Can you predict when trouble will come? No, you can't. No one can. Now, I say that. I say that just because we live in a fallen world. Okay. So it's only, it's only someone who is ignorant that's going to say, oh, nothing will ever happen to me. No, life happens to everybody. Sorry. But the good news is, Jesus said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. 
Okay, with Christ in me, I can face anything. Even death, I can face anything in victory. That's the good news. So David, you know, these are things that have to sink down into our hearts. You know, let it sink down into your ears, your, your spirit man and so forth. And, you, and you, get a, you get a revelation and it sticks with you. It's like, it's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. Then even if you're at the hospital, it's what we're going to do. Even if we're some other place, it's what we could be at the ball game, what we're going to do. Let's look at Psalm 34, verse 1 again, 1 and 2. David said this praise is continuing. Now, here's a word. Here's a word we should, we should understand that this is, means all the time. Say all the time. It's impossible for me, it's impossible to be negative if praise is in your mouth. It's impossible to be negative if praise is in your mouth. All right? So if his praise is continually in my mouth, his praise, glorifying him. Now, let me just say this. You may start in the flesh, but you just got to start. Just start. <laughs> just start. Just thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just start. And then, you know, you'll, you'll sense that presence of the Lord come. He will come. He'll come. And he'll give you things to sing and to share and so forth. But your spirit man will be edified. His praise. So it's a constant thing. It's not sometime. It's not like, well, we're going to have a prayer meeting. So No, it's all the time. All the time. Now, my soul, when you talk, James 3, the tongue making a boast. So my soul's going to boast in the Lord. So I have a choice. I'm not going to boast in my problem. I'm going to boast in the Lord. So if we sat down around the table and we said, okay, well, what's, what, everybody's got a problem. So everybody's talking about their problems and give it a little time. We'd all be like this, you know, okay. Is there any hope? There's always hope. So if we talk about the answer, Jesus, my boast is in the Lord. So I'm going to, I'm going to boast in who he is. I'm going to boast in the promise I'm going to talk about how big God is in comparison to how big that mountain is. The more I talk about the mountain, the bigger it becomes. When, I, when we climbed Black Elk Peak uh, six weeks, eight weeks ago, something like that, I knew it was going to be a challenge for me. For the grandkids, piece of cake, nothing to them, you know. They're just gallivanting along and stuff like that. For me, this is the high point in the Black Hills, highest point, you know, of 6,000 or whatever, some... You know, what am, what am I thinking? I'm just thinking, I'm telling myself, you can do it. You can do it. You can make it. I got, I got supply, like I got Gatorades and so forth and packs, and I put it all on the kids. <laughs> and all, all I thought, all I thought, I'm going to take one step at a time. It was funny. Joey and I started out, and, we started, and the kids were kind of just, they were talking. I said, well, Joey, come on, we can walk faster. <laughs> it's the only time we led. About the first hundred yards, and things things just start going. And, and believe it or not, for me, you know, it was a challenge. It was a big challenge. But all I can think is, one step at a time, one step at a time, over that log, over that rock. Grandkids would stop, and they see, okay, Papa, I'm okay. 
I'd rest. I'm sweating. I said, okay, let's go. Well, it got to be, it got to be, you know, that pretty soon, you know, they had some of their friends and so forth. And then there's other people on this trail. Pretty soon, you lost all pride. And I'm singing, I can make it, hallelujah! <laughs> and then we, we got up, we got up the top, and then we're going down. Now they're, now down is a different thing. Now you're stepping down on your knees and so forth. But again, they're just gallivanting down. I'm down, so pretty soon... I forgot English. Now I'm in tongues. I'm sure people thought there's an international hiker up here. Look at this, an international hiker. I'm shouting in tongues and so forth like that as I'm going down over that log again and over that rock. And, and then they'd wait for me a little bit. You okay, Papa? I'm okay. They're all here to hurt me. You know? Of course, my grandkids know I speak in tongues all the time. But others, I'm sure, thought they got international hikers out here. Man, they got people... From everywhere. One step at a time. What, whatever it takes, that's what you've got to do. We had that all the time with Ansel. One step at a time. Do what you have to do to make it through that moment. Or through that hour. Or through that day. Amen? That's, 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 that's what you do. So he says, the, the humble shall hear thereof and glad. Well, that's the, the people... Humble people are going to hear. People are going to see like, oh, look what they're doing. So let's look at this verse. Psalm 44, verse 8. It says, in God we're going to boast all the day long. Now this sounds like continually. So we're going to boast in God all day long and his praise and praise his name forever. Now think about it. So all day long I'm going to boast in God. People say, well, I've got a job. Sure you got a job. Work your job, but... But believe, you know, listen, I would believe for the blessing of God on your hands and your job. Whatever job you're doing, just believe God's blessing my hands today. Hallelujah. Be it equipment or anything like that. He's blessing all that your hands touch. He's blessing your job. Prospering you. I believe he wants to prosper you. Amen. Amen. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bring increase. That's why you work, right? That's why you work is to make money, Right? You work to make money. You work so that you have extra money. Hallelujah. So I believe all the time for the blessing of God on your hands and so forth. And God, we're going to boast all the day long. So Psalm 34, verse 3 then. See, i got to hurry. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. So he's, David has to stop. Now these are 400 guys. Look, at they're in a cave. There's torches, I'm sure. And you can imagine, they're all looking at David because they know David's in a tough spot. They know David's running for his life. They know David has lost everything. But they're looking at David, and David is blessing the Lord, exalting the Lord, magnifying the Lord, boasting in the Lord. The humble hear it. And David stops, and, he, and I'm sure he's directing this at them now. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. We've, t- we've said this before, and we have a lot of people here in the sciences and so forth, but if you take a microscope, I remember my day, I can only imagine the microscopes today, <laughs> but you know, I'd be in a biology lab and so forth, and you'd put something on a slide, and you can't even see it with your eye. But you put it under a microscope, and it's like, whoa, look at that thing, wow. And you'd see a cell, you'd see, you'd see its components and so forth, the structure of that cell and stuff. It would be magnified. Now, the, the machine never changed the cell, it changed, it changed my perception of the cell. 
when we boast in God and we praise God, it doesn't change God, but all of a sudden now it clears out all the clouds, so to speak, and it changes our perception. All of a sudden I see that God is bigger, say bigger, because we're magnifying the Lord. God is bigger, which he always is bigger. He's bigger than anything I face. That's good news. <laughs> Amen. So no matter what I face, if I look to him and I begin to praise and so forth, that magnification changes all that. Amen? Amen. Psalm 69. Let's look at Psalm 69 in a second. I will praise the name of God with the song. will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, you're thanking God. You don't thank God for your problem. Thank God for the answer to the problem. Thank God that he's bigger than the problem. Amen. Thank God he's bigger than the mountain. You think I face I face this big mountain and could be any number of things, but he's bigger than the mountain. So we're thanking him already for who he is, even though maybe my circumstances haven't changed. But all of a sudden, my perspective has changed and I've gone from being discouraged and feeling like I'm losing to a place where I'm encouraged and know that I'm winning. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. New Testament. Folks, it's so good to be in the New Testament. The Old Testament buries people. But the New Testament, the difference from the old and the new, is that Christ has come, died on the cross, rose again from the grave, ascended up on high, sent back the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference there. Now he's fulfilled it. And we live under a covenant of grace. So I'm going to magnify. David says, I'm going to magnify Psalm 34 again. David says, I'm going to magnify oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So doing it, if you do it, guys, if you do this, it'll help you. Not going to pay your bills. Not going to change your circumstances. But it will help you. Amen? It really does. I just want to say that. I just want to say, you know, God will take care of things and things will change then over time for the better. So David says to them, he says, he tells these guys, I sought the Lord and he heard me. That's why I'm doing this. And he delivered me from all my fear. So I'm not living in fear. I mean, yes, yes, someone's coming after my life, but I'm not living in fear. I love the quote that our good friend in the refugee camps in Lebanon right now, just dire situations. And he sent this quote, it was in a May email, because they face death every day. And he said, I'm not afraid to die. He said, but I really appreciate life. And I thought, oh, that's good. This is a guy that faces this every day. I'm not kidding. He's an American, undercover, speaks fluent Arabic, helping people, Muslims, and many are being influenced for Christ. It's powerful. And it comes down here. He says, I sought the Lord. He delivered me from fear. I'm not living in fear. I'm using my life for the glory of God. David says, I'm not living in fear. What a great place to be. Amen. In fact, right now, just for a minute, take your hands like this. Turn them upside down. Say, I drop every fear. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in fear. I release all fears. I release all fears <laughs> in Jesus' name. I release them. Not going, to, not going to do it. Not going to think about it. Not going to go there in Jesus' name. 
So David's talking to these guys. They're looking to him. He said, you've got to do this with me. This is really important. They listened to what, I said, to what he said, and they caught, they caught the vision. They caught what David was saying. They looked unto him, and they were lightened. Their faces were lightened. It's like a revelation, like, oh, I get it. An epiphany. In a moment, like, wow, yeah, seems so simple, doesn't it? You ever see someone, like, maybe you've shared with someone or something like that. They didn't seem to get it. And then all of a sudden, they get it, like, hey, and they're telling you, like, hey, look what I got. Like, yeah, and I told you that six times before, you know. <laughs> but they got it. They caught it. They looked at David. They were light. Their faces were light. Their faces were not ashamed. Because before, you know, they were in a mess. Well, think of this. Talk about a mess. They're going to associate a guy with a guy that the king wants to kill. <laughs> oh, well, that's a step up, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's like a ten steps down again. That's, that's how low they are. They're going to, hey, let's go, let's go stand with David. The king wants to kill him. We'll die together, you know. So it says, now they were no longer ashamed. The devil tries to condemn me all the time. I shake it off. I think I'm not going to have that. So you can look at me and think, well, he's a pastor. Of course he does all these things. No, no, no. I have to live this like anybody. I have to apply it like anybody. Fiery darts. Faith, the shield of faith will quench him. There's one sizzling away, but it's in the shield of faith. Like, whoa, that was close. Keep it up. Don't. You have a big victory. Keep up the shield. Don't let it down. Don't think, well, everything's just great now. Keep up the shield. Amen. Always keep the shield of faith up. They looked at David. They're lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried unto the Lord. The Lord heard him and saved him. I want you to notice, out of all of his troubles... Out of all of his troubles, God saved him. God delivered him. God helped him. He is our helper today. The name of Jesus is above the name of cancer. It's above the name of bankruptcy. It's above the name of anything you could think of, any disease, any affliction, arthritis. Uh, it's above the name of divorce. It's above the name of anything negative. That name of Jesus is higher. God is for you. It wouldn't matter if last week you had the worst week of your life and you committed a thousand sins. Doesn't matter. He's for you. He can't change who he is. His love is unconditional. It's not based on conditions. It's not based on, oh, let's see, last week, Dave, I don't think so. We're going to pay some penance here. You're going to suffer for a couple weeks. Not that way. Penance is not in the Bible. Penance is not in the Bible. It's a man-made thing. People think they have to suffer for their wrongs. Not true. Unconditional love. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. That's why if the righteous man falls, he gets back up because he knows God's for him and he's going to keep going forward. The football player, when he gets tackled and down on the ground, keeps getting back up, goes back again, right? I mean, you might gain a yard. You might, you, the, point, the point is you're moving forward in life. 
So now Jeannie and I, we've, we've been married for 44 years. In a few months, be 45 years. We've faced adversities. We've faced troubles. We've faced bankruptcy. We've faced sicknesses and illnesses. We've faced difficulties. But folks, we're still falling forward. <laughs> we're still keeping our eyes on Jesus. We still know that God is for us and not against us. We still know that he's good. He is good. Now, no matter what happens, it's never why. It's always, thank you, Jesus, you're bigger. Always. Okay, so the assignment is this. To take things we've talked about, and in your life, just start doing it. So the assignment is not just to think about it, because you can think, you know, that was really, that was really a good message. Uh, what are you talking about? Mm, not sure, but it was really good. It's really good. No, no, you want to apply it. So we, you want to sing it. You want to speak it. You want to say hallelujah. Sing with me a second. Hallelujah. We'll say thank you, Jesus. You are so great, Lord. You are so good, Lord. You've given us the victory. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. For your grace, Lord. For your mercy, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, I love you. I love you, Jesus. You are so good, Lord. So as you go this week, you want to sing. You want to, you want to speak out blessings. Uh, You want to speak blessings to people that you see. So if you're married, speak blessings to your spouse or to your children or grandchildren or so forth. Amen. Your mouth, your mouth steering your life, speaking blessings, speaking encouragement that will help them in their Mm. lives. Amen. 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 So let's lift our hands a second. You go first. Let's lift our hands. Lord, we just plug into you now. We thank you for this power. We thank, thank you for, for this power. power Jesus. We thank you for flowing through us and enabling, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to live the Christian life that you've given us. And we thank you, Jesus. I thank you that people here are lights and witnesses on their jobs, schools, wherever they go, Father. Thank you, Lord, that, they are, that they're not full of fear. They're full of faith. That their trust is in you, Jesus. We I thank you, you for Jesus. blessing them today, Lord. And we give you praise, Lord, now for this strength and this power in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I was just thinking, you know, when you said about marriage and um, to say something nice. So um, I'll do that later. But (laughs) but, um, I felt that I got a, like a word of God, word from God that, for marriages that, you know, maybe you've been married five years, 10 years, 20 years, but um, you're discouraged. And, and maybe you've thought about, we, we should just quit. Anyway, um, Dave and I, Pastor Dave and I want to say, it's going to get better. Amen. <laughs> it, things better. will get better. better. It will get better and better. And it could be like 40 years, 50 years, you start getting really silly with each other. And uh, it, it's fun, and, and it doesn't have to be that long, but um, marriage can be fun. <laughs> and so I just wanted to release that to Amen. our viewing audience, 
Amen. And just to know that God sees what you're going through Amen. and be encouraged in your marriage. And uh, use your mouth for compliments. Amen. And so I've got a song. We're going to stand up together and we're going to sing, You Look Good. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> so stand together. You look, look good. good. You look good. Just to know you've been redeemed makes you look good. You look good. You look good. Oh, you look good. You look good. Just to know you've been redeemed makes you look good. So you have to turn, maybe turn around your seat and look at people. Sing in it to eyes, somebody. Right? Something you good's going to happen. You look good. You look good. Just to know you've been redeemed makes you look good. You look good. You look good. Oh, you you look good. You look good. Just you know you've been redeemed makes you look good. One more time. You look good. You look good. Just you know you've been redeemed makes you look good. Oh, you look good. You look good. Just you know you've been redeemed makes you look good. Now we have to say, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Declare today. Just to know I've been redeemed makes me feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Oh, I feel good. I feel good. Just to know I've been redeemed makes me feel good. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.